Hey friends, hopefully you're great wherever you are today. My name is Drew, and once again, this is the Fasting Series, a podcast that we're dropping midweek throughout the season of Lent on fasting, the ancient spiritual discipline of fasting. What's really exciting is that we're two and a half weeks away from Easter. I know in our church and in our family, we're really preparing our hearts and lives for Easter, and we hope that this has been challenging and eye-opening for you if you've been along the journey with us in what fasting is and why we would practice this ancient spiritual discipline. If you've missed previous episodes, we do encourage you, though we loathe self-promotion, we do encourage you, if you want, to go back and listen to previous episodes. That would probably be helpful for you. Really, the discussion we're in, we're kind of knees deep in talking about why we would fast. If fasting is abstaining from food and water for extended periods of time, why would we do it? And so far, we've talked about a few different reasons. One, fasting is an act of whole body worship. Christians have always worshipped with their entire bodies, and fasting is actually a rhythm, a way in which we can be drawn into this. The second thing we talked about, the second reason why we would fast is fasting is actually a discipline against sinful desires. So one of the things we've been saying is that if you can abstain from food and water for a period of time, that means that if, as you practice that, that you're building up your spirit so that you can overcome temptation. We believe this is actually a big part of the story of following Jesus. The adversary comes to steal and kill and destroy, but we could actually build our spirit up by the disciplines that we place in our lives. Just like preparing for a race or a marathon with your body, we can do the same with our spirit. Then, last episode, we talked about fasting as this thing that we do in response to a sacred or grievous moment. Ultimately, one thing that fasting does is it draws us into the grief of God. Israel did this. When there was something in the community that was grievous or heartbreaking, the community would fast together. And fasting is a a great, that's a great reason to fast when there's things that happen, when there's things that break our hearts, when somebody's sick or dies, or something happens within a community, especially if you're a part of a church community. This is one great reason to continue to fast, to enter into people's grief, because ultimately we know that God's heart is breaking for the condition of the world, and we could join him in that grief. Now today, what we're going to talk about is something that I had never, ever thought about before. And I'm I'm imagining, uh, though I don't know everybody that listens to this, that you're probably in the same boat. A guy named Scott McKnight has really helped with this next reason why we would fast. It's like my eyes were opened when I read this in his book. One thing that McKnight, one thing that McKnight talks about is the reality that fasting is something that leads us to stand in solidarity with the poor. Let me just say that again. This was never on my radar, but fasting stands in solidarity with the poor. Again, my background was very um, transactional around fasting. I thought if I did something, I'd get something from God. But Scott McKnight opens up an Old Testament passage from the book of Isaiah that has really opened my eyes to the reality, again, that actually fasting can be something that we're drawn into for a number of reasons, but one of the things we do with it is we actually stand in solidarity with the poor. That if you read the scripture, this is a high calling, that how we treat 
the poor, standing in social solidarity with everybody as the Jesus community is so important. And maybe you've never thought through it that fasting is actually a way that we can do this. Now, I don't know if you're running or you're driving on your commute or whatever you're doing. To be honest, I don't know. We don't fully know who listens to this, but um, if you have a Bible and you can open it up, you may want to look with us just so you know that this is actually in Scripture. So we're going to be in Isaiah 58 just for a minute. I want to read a passage that McKnight talks about that has helped me see that fasting is something we stand in solidarity with the poor in. Now, the irony of this, honestly, is that I just got back from eating, um, yes, eating uh, at the Mandarin Buffet, which is like a buffet of countless, endless food. So that is not lost on me as I, as my t- stomach is full of all sorts of food. I realize that um, here we are talking about fasting. There you go. But anyways, Isaiah 58 verse three, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking for God, obviously again to the people of Israel. If you know Israel's story, they continue to fail. They're up and down in this call to be a light to the nations. And so the prophets in the Old Testament are these men who are called by God to call Israel back to be faithful to God. And Isaiah, in Isaiah 58, actually talks about fasting. Look at verse 3 if you can. If not, I'll just read it for you. Cool? Verse 3, it says this. Why? Ha-, and so this is Isaiah talking. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? He goes on. Yet on the day of your fasting, so remember, Isaiah speaking to Israel, he says, on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all of your workers. Wait a second here. So if you know anything about the story of Israel, they were a community that fasted often. By the time we get to the first century, we know that at least twice a week, pious Jews fasted from sun up to sundown, 12-hour fast. Some of them from sundown on one day to sundown the next for 24 hours. So they were, they were a fasting community. But Isaiah is saying, listen, you're fasting but you're, you're exploiting people. Verse four, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Verse 6, is it yeah, is not this kind of fasting I have chosen? to? Lo- so Isaiah is saying this, verse 6, this is the kind of fasting I've chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. That was a question that Isaiah had posed here. Is this not the kind of fasting it is to actually set the oppressed free? So do you see the tension here? And I'm just going to stop. We'll read the rest in a minute here. There's injustice tied to Israel's fasting. They're fasting, which is great, and it's a great spiritual discipline, but the motive and actually the outcome of what they're doing is actually abusive. And so Isaiah is saying here, hey, isn't the kind of fast we're called into the one that unties the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? It seems to me that fasting does something more than just not eat food. 
It should do something in us in the output of our lives, in the way in which we stand with solidarity with the poor, the way in which we treat those of different status around us. This is, the Bible speaks of this page after page after page. And Isaiah is saying, listen, you guys are fasting, but you're missing the point. So let's just stop there. You can get in to the rhythm of fasting and still miss the point. And this was the story of Israel, and we should be confronted with this. You with me, brothers and sisters? You, we could, like, I could do this every week, so I've entered into this practice every week, and yet I could still be living in a way that's oppressive to the people around you. The kind of fasting we're called into is to break, break the chains of injustice, to loose the chains of injustice, as Isaiah would say. Verse 7, hope they're hanging with me. He says this, Is it not to share your food with the hungry? And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. So there you have it. Fasting is not just a practice that we do just to abstain from things and then feel hungry or feel the grief of God. All of that is very, very important. And I'll talk about two major reasons over the next couple of weeks that I think we're drawn into this. But I think we need to pause just for a minute and be reminded that fasting is something we do to stand in solidarity with the poor. This kind of fasting should lead us to share our food with the hungry and to provide the poor wander with shelter. We need to be these people that our practices lead to social solidarity, that our practices actually lead to justice. And so McKnight would say this. He would say, that Isaiah said fasting involves a few things. Actually, four particular things Isaiah says fasting involves. One, undoing injustice. Two, releasing the oppressed. Three, feeding the hungry. And four, providing sanctuary for the homeless. So for just fasting, and these things that, that Isaiah is talking about are not emotion, again, You've heard me say it. We are missing the point. We're called into a life where our practices shape the way in which it means to follow Jesus. And Jesus, followers of God in the Old Testament and now followers of Jesus, who is our God in the New Testament, are called to undo injustice, release the oppressed, feed the hungry, and provide sanctuary for the homeless. If we are fasting and we are neglecting uh, those who are poor and on the margins, we're missing the point. So that's what Isaiah says fasting involves. Many of us have read way over Isaiah 58 and totally missed that there's there's tension here in this practice. But to Isaiah, not only were there um, things that were involved in fasting, to Isaiah, there were two companions to fasting. There were two companions to fasting. One, fasting to Isaiah can be converted into justice and solidarity with others. So when, again, when we practice this, it can actually be converted into justice and standing in solidarity with others. So that means when you and I, now thousands of years later, fast and, and abstain from food and water, we're actually, we can be drawn in and our fasting can actually be converted into justice and solidarity. How cool is that? That when we step into the act of not eating for extended periods of time, we could be standing with people around the world who we know lack food, lack water, and are on the margins. So that's a companion to fasting. But to Isaiah, there's a second companion to fasting, and it's this. Fasting leads to holiness. Fasting 
leads to holiness. That as we practice this, we stand in solidarity with the poor and it leads to becoming and living a holy life before God. And so with this, brothers and sisters, I want us to think deeply just about the outcome of what happens when we abstain. There are a couple actually but there's a couple practical things that I've heard over time that people do because of what Isaiah is saying here to Israel. One of those things is some people now I know when they fast, they take Isaiah 58 so, so seriously that when they fast, they actually set aside money to give to people in need. And I think we all need to think through this, that our, our fasting could be converted into something. And so maybe when you're drawn into fasting, you would, some people now would set aside the money that they would spend. So say you do a, a sundown to sundown fast, the money you would spend on lunch, breakfast, and I guess you're eating dinner each day, but the money you would spend through that time would actually be stored and given to people in need. What a great idea to help cultivate what Isaiah is staying here. When we fast, we stand in solidarity. That's one thing. I've also heard now of others who during their fast, they enter into a time of service to those who are poor and oppressed and marginalized. What a great idea. So maybe, maybe for you, I've shared, I've entered into this life of fasting once a week, but maybe you're somebody who would set aside a a rhythm of fasting once a month or twice a month, but maybe on once a month on one of those fasts that you would actually maybe serve somewhere, maybe serve a soup kitchen or a ministry that's helping people with whatever, you know, food and clothing and education or serving somewhere that your fasting could also be converted into good deeds and good good work to the people around you. I know I've been challenged as I come to this again, that our fasting is actually converted into something. So maybe you think about that. Maybe set aside money that you normally spend on food when you fast, or maybe you just take some time to serve somewhere during your time of fasting. I know from this, I feel really compelled to do this, each of these things. And so I'm even thinking right now, even as I talk about this, what could I engage on the Thursdays when I fast to engage with others, to help serve other people. At any rate, my friends, I hope we'll just see that yes, there's a number of reasons for fasting, but one of these reasons is actually to stand in solidarity with the poor and the marginalized. And my prayer is that as we come around the scripture and we see what Isaiah was leading Israel towards, that the spirit of God would lead us as those who follow him to understand that we, we stand, we don't just do this just for ourselves, but there's an output, there's something that happens in how there's solidarity brought through our fasting. So my prayer, uh, brothers and sisters, is that we would continue to be people wherever, you, wherever you're at. We would be people that, um, as Isaiah would say, we would be people that would loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke through our, our fasting, to share our food with the hungry, to provide the poor, wander with shelter, to clothe the naked, and not turn away from our own flesh and blood. I hope this has been helpful. We'll take a couple more weeks over the next couple weeks to talk about these reasons. But for this week, I hope we'll just be able to, to, to reflect on what it means to fast and how we can stand with our brothers and sisters. We'll talk to you soon.